Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. <laughs> Limitations apply. Welcome to Pushing Through. I'm Tate Frazier, and as always, I'm joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, I am uh, a little heartbroken today. We just got off last night. The Charlotte Hornets took on the Indiana Pacers. Charles Barkley went on national TV and said, I guarantee a Hornets win, BJ. And right then, I knew it was going to be a long, long night, and it was for my Charlotte Hornets. But uh, I'm trying to recover today. How you doing? Are you enjoying the play-in tournament so far? I want to be very careful what I say about Charlotte. <laughs> so I want to take a deep breath. You know, I feel All like right, take a I deep feel, breath, please. I feel like, you know, I've already I I I got the tweet already lined up and now I'm checking in before mm. I push sin. So I okay. wanna because You're checking in. All right. You know, Lindsay normally, you know, she's my she's my she's my reason and logic before I push sin. <laughs> okay, now that I've done that, I was very disappointed with the the effort of the Hornets. I wasn't disappointed that they lost. I was disappointed in the effort because mm. the Hornets are in a place where they are ahead of schedule. Yep. They are ahead of schedule. They're playing meaningful games through this shortened season. LaMelo Ball was drafted, what, number three? Yep. And suddenly he is up for rookie of the year, arguably rookie of the year. There were some other, you know, Anthony Edwards, Anthony so, Edwards. Forth, so forth yep. and so on. But LaMelo, LaMelo Ball is right there. So LaMelo Ball, I, I felt, delivered on the draft pick. I thought he achieved. He was a starter, impactful player in the regular season. The buzz, literally, is back in Charlotte, <laughs> and yep. they are playing meaningful games. I felt there was no way possible that they could have a negative experience from having this opportunity to have a play-in game. Now, it would have been great if they could have gotten into the playoffs and played you know, four or five games and experienced that. But I overall, I felt really good about this. Now, what I was disappointed in was the effort that I saw from a young team in this type of situation. Mm. Okay. This wasn't a regular season game. This wasn't just any game. This was a game now where you had to play a different type of game, right? There's yep. a regular season and then there's the playoffs. And I didn't see the difference from this Charlotte, this Charlotte Hornets team I didn't see them playing a different game in in this play-in situation. And that was disappointing to me. Same. I was, I was, the fact that they lost, listen, 
I'm looking at their roster, and I always say the same thing. The game is going to slow down, and all of these young guys that you, you got to chase during the regular season. Okay, when the playoffs come, listen, I, 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 can, I can cut angles off. I can do things as a veteran. Experience means something. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the Indiana Pacers, they're a more experienced team than the Charlotte Hornets. Yep. But what I was disappointed was, was the effort that I saw and the energy that I saw from the Charlotte Hornets team because many of the young players didn't make the transition from regular season to postseason. Yep. And it's a different game. Mm-hmm. Beat me because I'm inexperienced. But don't beat me because I'm giving more effort or more energy than you. And I that's what I didn't like about that team. So I was really disappointed about it. They lost big. And as because I've been a fan of the Charlotte Hornets all year. As you know, Tate, I mean, I've I yep. they 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 get love from from us. They get love from me. But I was really disappointed in this game that I saw. I wanted to, you know, I wanted them to give the type of effort, the youthful effort and energy that you that you come to see with young players. And I didn't mm-hmm. see that, you know, I didn't see the youthful mistakes that I, I that I was anticipating in a game like this. Instead, I saw a team that was, I don't know, something didn't look right to me, you know? It didn't look right yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they yeah, look like did. a deer in headlights almost. I was going to say, it reminded me of the Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth, and the Pacers came out and hit him in the mouth. Exactly, exactly. So (laughs) I think that's well put, well said. But overall, I think it's a very successful season for them. It was great for them to have to play 73 meaningful games this year. And I'm sure they're looking forward to next season, and they're looking for bigger and better things because, you know, they, they had a very successful season. And Gordon Hayward wasn't there. For yeah. a, 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 a large portion of the season. So they got a lot of things, positive things to look forward to in Charlotte. But I just, if you know, if I can nitpick a little bit, I wanted to see a better effort there last night. Yeah, this is one of those things. I mean, the play-in is a new idea. It's a new thing that we're all a part of. The bubble was the first iteration of this. But this is the first time we've seen it where we have a game on the road where you know the the seeded team has an advantage so they play at Indiana you know in their arena so there's a little bit of benefit of the doubt that I give to the Pacers there and you mentioned it the max player that you have on your team Gordon Hayward sitting on the bench but you just hope it's not a blowout you hope you don't leave the season with a really sour taste in your mouth but maybe if you're this young and you leave with that sour taste it motivates you in the offseason so there's ways to spend in positive if you're the Hornets and uh, I hope that they will I I personally remember when they were the 4 seed you know, about a month ago in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, that is sort of what I'm trying to think about, the ceiling, how far they got, how how they look when they were clicking on all cylinders. So that is the the positive spin on things. But like you said, I, I was hoping for a better effort. Yeah, yeah, I, I really was. I was hoping for a better effort, a better showing, especially in a high-pressure situation like that. Because yeah. what you like to see when the lights are bright, you like to see your star shine. And mm-hmm. everyone was just flat. I mean, it, it, everyone, yeah. you know, it wasn't like, you know, okay, you know, you saw Jason Tatum the other night. Like, Jason Tatum just said, you know what, you know, he he played like, he he played big <laughs> he boy played basketball. He played like the Celtics needed 50. Yeah, yeah, and he came out, the lights were shining, and he stepped into it. He stepped into the spotlight, and he held it. That's what you love to see from star players. So, you know, I I, I think the, the fan part of me wanted LaMelo 
to step up. Yeah, me too. Or someone to step into that and say, you know what? Even Bridges. I thought Bridges I, I just, might I just wanted someone yeah. to step up to the moment. And it was just one of those efforts where everyone was flat. It was just... And give... Let's... what You know, in saying that, let's also give the Pacers credit. The Pacers, Absolutely. I thought, played well. I mean, their whole team. Sabonis, Brogdon... You know, they, they I mean, they, even the even the role guys yeah. like O'Shea Brissett, I mean Holiday, yeah. I mean, yep. they 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 all played great. So give those guys credit. We're not taking away anything from Indiana. I thought they came in, they really changed their focus to play off. They played with a sense of urgency. Yep. And um the bell rang and the Charlotte Hornets didn't answer it. It did feel like a lot of people when we did the 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 precursor to the tournament. A lot of people believe that the Wizards and the Hornets were the two teams that were foregone conclusions to make it uh, into the playoffs. And right now, it looks like the two other teams. I mean, the Celtics especially. You know, they win, they get the seven seed. Jason Tatum will be matching up with the Brooklyn Nets in the next round. So that's good news, or a little bit shocking, I guess, for what the perceived narrative was. And now the Wizards are taking on a Pacers team where it looks like the Pacers are clicking on all cylinders. So we're hoping that a hobbled. Beal and Westbrook uh, can get this team into the playoffs because they've had such a great run at the end of the year. They bumped themselves all the way up to the eighth seed, and now they're in a position to be out of the playoffs. So, well, they they, they have one more world. game, right? They have one more yep. game, right? Yeah, uh, one more game against got, the Pacers. They got one more game to get in. No, the Pacers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have one more game to get in, and so that winner, uh, you know, will get into the playoffs. So that's. Let's see. I think that'll be a tough game, and uh, hopefully Bradley Beal will be—he'll be clicking. You know, I—I I, love—I love how Bradley Beal plays, and I have to believe at this point. But like all players, everyone's battling or or, or, or battling through injuries or doing the best they can. So, um, but you know, give the Pacers credit—they—they they look great against the, the Charlotte Hornets, and um, I think it should, should be a very competitive game. Yeah, and I will say, I, I watched the post game with Sabonis, and uh, one of the conversations that Kenny Smith was having with him was, you know, we, we know a lot of guys are quote-unquote all-stars, but he said he had been told that Sabonis was a superstar, and he said he felt like he played like that in the playoffs that night. And I will say, Sabonis was great in that game. He impacted the game, almost had a triple-double. He didn't play basically the entire fourth quarter. And when you watch that game, the best player on the floor was Sabonis. So that was that was my big takeaway, too, for the Pacers. They had the yeah, best player on well, the floor. Well, you know, the thing I like about Sabonis, the thing I like about players, especially, you know, you know, players who can make this transition, right? There's regular season basketball. And there will be some games where the style of play may not fit Sabonis' game. Mm-hmm. You know, he because he's not like the most athletic player. I think he's a good athlete, but he's not the most athletic player. He's not the most, you know, you know, when I come to jumping, he doesn't have a 40 inch vertical and all those things. <laughs> but when the game slows down, in particular in the fourth quarter, when the game slows down in the playoffs, like you're seeing now, he will be a very, very effective player because he's mm. very skilled. He's what, you know, we call in basketball terminology. He's a ground athlete he can actually create space on the floor because he's strong. He has a great base and he's left-handed. So yep. what you saw last night was the game slowed down a little bit and his game elevated because of it, because he's that mm. skilled of a basketball player and he can do all the things on the ground, which it's great to be athletic and be a high flyer. But if you can't control what's going on on the ground, because you're on the ground longer than you are in the air, 
you know, unless you're Vince Carter or somebody like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. But most Tracy of us McGrady, are, Vince yeah, Carter. Yeah. yeah. You know? Dr. J, somebody like that. You know, <laughs> but most of us are on the ground. The amount, you know, Mr. Sabonis, he he was terrific. He really did a great job. He, he was. He 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 and and they played through him on the post. And that's what I love about playoff basketball. And I love it now that the bigs, Jokic, you know, Donatus, Embiid. You're starting to see guys operate from the low post area, so mm. it was a great game by by Sabonis. They utilized him, I thought, beautifully, and most importantly, he delivered when it when it when it when his team needed it, and uh, he came up big uh, last night. And one of the things that is uh, fascinating about the play-in tournament, I heard Brad Stevens say this, that you know he's prepping like it's the NCAA tournament. That's how they're scouting these teams. That's how they're treating the whole process, he said, was like it's the NCAA tournament. We talked about this on the last show. You said a lot of the scouting and conversations have been compared to college with some of these younger guys. Um, do you think with this play-in tournament, or, or how do you scout if, if you were BJ and you're coaching? How do you scout as a coach going in tonight? If you see the, the Warriors and the Lakers, do you say, as the Lakers, we got to make sure that Steph Curry doesn't have 50 because that's the only way they win? I mean, well, how, how elementary is this stuff you know, when you have one game? You know, it's a great question. And, and as I was listening to that is, you know, we all revert back to what it is we know, right? Yep. You, you revert back. And, you know, when, you, when I was in college or when you watch a collegiate game, you know, college is college. You know, you it's in order to win a big game in college, you have to get an effort from some unknown area that you just weren't anticipating. <laughs> yep. Right. You, suddenly, Dante Divincenzo has twenty points tonight. Yeah. Okay, that's that's something you just didn't expect. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, the formula is a little different because. You're a great player for a reason. Great players never have two game bad games in a row. That's why you're a great player. Yep. If a player, if you're a great player and you had a bad game, a bad shooting game last night, that great great player can make an adjustment <laughs> and have a great game the next. That's why you're a great player. Great mm-hmm. players never take a day off. That's the difference between us and the collegiate is you are a professional. I get paid yep. to make that open shot. You're a collegiate player. You might make it. Or you might miss it. <laughs> Regardless, you know. Believe it, it or not, yeah. Tate, I got paid to make open shots. That's what I got paid to do. So it's no surprise for me to make an open shot. I'm a professional. You're mm-hmm. a great player. Great players don't take days off. When a, when a, when a great player plays and his team needs him to be great, he delivers. That's why we have so much love and respect for great players because they they deliver in the biggest moments. That's what they do. Now, so the formula for the NBA, which, you know, maybe Brad Stevens is saying it. I just happen to say it a little different. The formula is simple. Great players have to be great and role players have to play their role great. Mm. Now, if you're asking me, how do I prepare for these one game tournaments? I can't let a role player play like a great player. Now, Steph Curry, I'm going to I'm going to pencil in 50 points for Steph Curry. Yeah, okay. That, that's good. Yeah. He's a great yeah, that player. Makes sense. He's yep. a great We're okay with that. If Steph if, has 50, if Steph we're okay Curry with that. Steph Curry took one dribble over half court and made it. That's not 
He's not going to, I'm not going to be deflated like, oh my God, how could he do that? I'm going to be like, that's Steph Curry. But but I, I do think that's the mental hurdle of Curry the first four or five years because people would be so deflated because they're like, how do we stop this? And now we've gotten over it. Well, I think to the fans, mm-hmm. that might have been. Yeah. To the people who's playing the game and who've been watching the game from afar, Great players are always looking for space on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, take, I try not to, when I watch the game, I can't help but watch the game from a technical standpoint. It's really hard for me to be a fan. I, I want to be a fan, but I always want to understand what's going on on the court. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry did what every great player has done since 1946. Where is the open space on the floor to operate? That's what a great player... What does a great player need? He needs space. Mm-hmm. Operating areas. He, yeah. Okay. I give. I, if I give the ball to, let's say, Larry Bird, if there's no space for him to operate, he can't be Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry did something in the game that we just hadn't seen yet. He just moved out to the three-point line where there was open space. Because the game has always get always has been get as close to the basket as you can. Because we have force fed the bigs since 1946. You had mm. George Mikan, you had Will Chamberlain, you had it was always the bigs. All right. You had Bill Russell, you had Kareem, you had always the bigs, and they always played close to the basket. Suddenly we had a guard who was playing far away from the basket because that's where the open space was at. Mm. Okay. The reason that's so critical was because in the eighties, we went into what's called isolation area, isolation basketball. The great players got all the isolation plays. Mm-hmm. See, Tate, I never had an isolation play because <laughs> I wasn't a great player. The role players played their role. We're running a play. And if the great player didn't have the shot, maybe the role player gets a shot. Mm -hmm. The great player gets the ball in isolation and he plays one-on-one. That's why he's a great player or she's a great player. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry suddenly didn't require an isolation. He just moved further out because no one else was out there. That's where the real estate was at. Mm Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah, was, like, he was like, he was like, why is no one building over here? And they're like, well, you're not allowed to do that. No uh, one's ever done that. <laughs> no one's ever shot with this level of consistency from that distance. Yeah. Okay. Reggie Miller could shoot, but not, he wasn't shooting 15 or 20 of them in a game. Mm-hmm. If Reggie Miller made five threes, you're like, oh my God, this guy's a gunner. Steph Curry and, and might it, do that in a, in a court. He might do that in a five minute span. <laughs> Yeah. This is what I'm saying. So it was just a different way of thinking because no one had done it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No one was shooting threes with this level of consistency and accuracy from that distance. And he was doing it off the catch. He was doing it off the dribble, one leg, fadeaways. Mm-hmm. The man is just, okay. Yeah. If he could see the basket, it was a shot. Now, when he, he got to the open space on the floor, Jordan was unique because Jordan played on the weak side of the floor. Mm-hmm. 
start, we would start the offense, the triangle offense. We'd start it over here. And then Jordan would move around the court. And then he would get to the weak side before the double team could come. And he really didn't have to get isolation like most players because he was the triangle offense put him all over the floor. So you didn't know where he was going to operate from. That's what made him and Kobe Bryant so unique because they, you didn't know where to double team him from. And they had spots on every side of the floor. So they're getting to different spots. So if, so Kobe Bryant would come and, and like Jordan, they would come down and they would see how you were playing them that night. Oh, okay. They're, they're, they're not double me in the post from here. And then they would go to the pinch post and then they would go to the mid post. <laughs> and then in the second half, they knew your defense better than you knew it because they had figured out what you were doing against every play. And then they would attack you and you couldn't make an adjustment. Yeah. That was the beauty of playing in a system like the triangle offense, but that requires years and years to master that skill, to master that mm. way of playing, which now you don't have that. So today's game, what is the one thing you do? You get the you get the ball to your best player and you allow him to freelance. So when you look at James Harden, that's what he does. Yep. Kevin Durant, that's what he does. Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, LeBron James. They're not playing in a system. They're just playing... And when you need to get the ball to your best player, you just give them space. Everybody clears out. And then that best player's responsibility is to shoot if you got a shot or pass if you get double team. Mm. That's the easiest thing to do in today's game. Why? It's because we don't build teams and keep the teams together anymore. There's no continuity. Yeah. Okay. So that that just hopefully that was a quick answer of Steph Curry. Steph Curry is just unique because he found the space. The space. Mm-hmm. He found the space, like, which is really unique because no one's done it. Yeah. And then you've got guys like Dame Lillard who also took that same space, used it, you know, for their game. And that's why when Paul George says he took a bad shot, it wasn't a bad shot because he already made it a part of his game. Well. Not to use, not I'm to not make that saying, the example, I, I, but I'm just, saying, just what, in what, general. Listen, a guy takes a, a, a sidestep. <laughs> 37 footer yeah it's right <laughs> it can't be considered a great shot for hey, sure hey, but hey, yeah hey, but hey, it went in hey it is what it is you know what i mean like <laughs> i can't believe that's your first go-to option you know i'm gonna give you the ball and say go win the game and you say okay coach my sidestep from 37 foot that's my go-to move now yeah I'm and not that's saying a Chris this, Paul move, yeah. that step out move. I, I, I didn't even know you could do that until you went to the NBA. That's when I realized you could do that step out move. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> it's not a good shot. I'm not saying it's a bad shot. I'm just saying I would prefer if that wasn't your first or second option <laughs> in your in your repertoire. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me something else. And if you got to go to that, go to that. But yeah. but it is what it is. And but that's the game we're playing today. So by today's standards, yeah. But if you saw someone do that in the 90s. <laughs> I think they would have gone right to the you, bench. You're yeah. like, where's my locker? <laughs> no, nah, man, you got to go. You, you, you would be on the first plane smoking if you did that in my era. <laughs> okay. So, but by today's era, it's okay. So it's all good. Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating phenomenon how much things change. And that's why, you know, you can... 
you can point to Steph Curry and why some people have been upset about the three-point shot, but it is just, you know, it's just a different outlook, but you can also argue it. It's just nuance. Everything has nuance to it. There, there's a reasoning uh, that can come behind all of it. So uh, I find it fascinating tonight to watch the Lakers and the Warriors. The only other thing I had to ask, BJ, about this game, is there a world in which if you are one of these teams that you you look at the bracket, because we're talking about college basketball, and I know this happens sometimes, you may look at the bracket and say, this this may favor us over here uh, as opposed to going here. Do the Lakers or the Warriors, do they have any of that? that do, do you try to position yourself in any way in any of these games? Well, you know, t- or, again, I, I, again, I'm just from a different era. And yeah, I always try to stay to my principles because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes your ego, you know, your ego gets in the way, you know. But yeah. as a player, I try to stay to my principles. And one of my principles is I got to play against the best players or the best team at some point. So why not now? If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And that's what I respect. I respect bring it. Now, I never wanted to have the, I never wanted doubt, self-doubt, or any negative thoughts to come into my mind when I was playing. Like Mm -hmm. I was going to lose a game or I didn't want to play against a team. If, 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 if I had to play whatever team X tomorrow, so be it. Because mm-hmm. my goal, if my goal is to win a championship, you got to beat the best in order to be the best. So for me, I think you, it's very dangerous to suddenly be trying to plan out <laughs> your road to the finals. I think it, it, for me, it allows some self-doubt to creep in. Well, why you don't want to mm. play this team? Mm. For me. And where wherever there's doubt, there's going to be some fear. And when I, when I saw fear or I felt that a team didn't want to play us or didn't want to challenge us or you saw another player who didn't want to guard you or didn't want to guard somebody on your team, man, mm. I, I, I got excited. So intimidation was a real thing in our era. Right. Like when I drove to the basket, you know, we played the Detroit Pistons because they they were probably the, the one of the most intimidating teams of that era. Like I expected to get hit and no matter how hard they hit me or hard, no matter how hard they hurt me, I wasn't going to show any emotion. During that time, because I didn't want to give any give them or that team any type of advantage. Yeah. Any juice. Yeah. You follow me? You, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to. All of a sudden, yeah, don't I, let it. Don't let them know and, that it and, got to and, you. And and yeah. and I'll and I'll go back to a moment for us because I, you know, part of the team is. I remember they. They went after Scotty. Scotty goes to the basket. They went after Scotty Pippen. And. It's only a normal reaction when someone takes a shot at you for you to get back up and want to retaliate. Scotty picked himself up. We all went over there, picked him up. Scotty showed no emotion. That was the turning point of all of our careers. Mm. That was the turning point of all of our careers because by him not showing emotion, let us know that, you know what? We got you. Nobody's going to do anything because we were all right there. (laughs) And we were winning the intimidation game. And yeah, me, well, now now their move doesn't work. You now know? they're so now 
when because you don't want to fight someone who's not afraid of you. Yeah. Like that's not a good fight. <laughs> like you want to fight somebody who's a little afraid of you. You know, I want to come to the stare down and and you look away. I feel good about my intent. Oh no, he's oh he's afraid. When somebody looks right at you and you don't have no intimidation, you know you in you in for a real fight. So to me, it is better to let everybody know when you see us, you in for a real fight. Yeah. And I I I, I don't like the ploy of trying to duck teams or avoid teams or what have you because what are you hiding yeah and, and it's crazy because bj i've never seen such conversation about it the reason i ask this is because i've seen people say the clippers were trying to dodge the lakers again this is all conjecture i don't believe yes. the teams are actually talking like this because I, there's just no way that, that would really work in my mind because like you said you, you once you create the idea that a team scares you how does that how can you build confidence out of that I don't so. think you don't recover from that once a team once yeah. once you know someone is afraid of you Mm -hmm. that gives you confidence yeah it's kind of I mean it, it reminds me a little bit of the heat and the bucks you know I feel like the heat have a lot of confidence going into the series against the bucks and the bucks have to get over the demon a little bit you know they have to say and, we have to beat the team that intimidates yeah. us and, and, and again and I don't want to believe it you know you hear things out here but you know there, there's one guy there's really a couple guys on that roster where I go I just can't believe it I can't believe Kawhi would and without question, my man Rondo. There's no way Rondo's trying to dodge anybody. My man R Rondo. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. If anything, Rondo want to play him in the first round. Yeah, Rondo, exactly. You know, Rondo, I, listen. I agree with that. R Rondo is that was one my takeaway. Yeah, the whole thing. Rondo I can't is imagine one of my Kawhi guys. Leonard, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, I like those. I like the 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 the, the little players with the edge to them. I, that's I, I'm 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 attracted to those type of players, like the meta artists. Yeah, you know, yeah, those types. Yeah, Rondo. I have a hard time believing, or maybe that's mm -hmm. just me saying this. Rondo, I can't see Rondo in the locker room <laughs> saying, "Yeah, let's let's not play them." If anything, what I can see is Rondo saying, "Let's play them in the first round." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, I agree. I, like, th that's why all those stories seem very far fetched to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I can't just imagine. can't see Rondo now, now. You know what? You know, <laughs> I can't see Kawhi. To you be know, honest with you, the Morris twins. I can't see that. Pat Bev. Yeah. I know Pat Bev. I can't <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah, you know I what I mean. I can't see Zubac, a guy who got Zubac, traded for the know, Lakers. Listen, I mean, yeah, I don't know Tyron Lue as as well as I know Chauncey Billups, who's on the staff. I can't see Chauncey Billups. Yeah, saying that. Mm -hmm. I get, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to believe that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm not going to believe that. You know, I can't see Boogie over there saying, yeah, that's and, yeah. And supporting that. So, again, I think that's a lot of talk. But if you want to be the best, I, I think you got to have that attitude. Like, bring it. Mm -hmm. Bring it. Yeah. Because I, I can respect losing. I, I can respect people, a team being better than me. But certainly what I, I've never done in my career is, 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 is dodge, dodge the team mm -hmm. or dodge my matchup. You know what I mean? Like, I can yeah. lose. I can respect losing. I can, everybody's had somebody score 40, 50 points on them. Hey, all right, you, you dust it off and you keep it moving. Hey, yeah. you had it going that night or they had it going that night.
But what I couldn't accept then, I can't accept now is saying, no, I don't want to play against Tate because uh, mm. I, I, I'm not buying that one. I'm not buying it either. Again, we got the playing game tonight. We got LeBron James taking on Steph Curry in Staples Center. Going to be a show. Uh, we're excited to watch that one. We got uh, more playing games later in the week. Um, we're going to figure out who's going to take the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference between the Pacers and the Wizards. We're going to figure out uh, how it shapes out in the West. And then, BJ, we got playoff basketball. The last thing I was going to ask you, is there any team or any plan, any strategy that you would have if you were the one seed? Let's say you're the Utah Jazz or you're the Philadelphia 76ers. How do you stay connected and stay together while you kind of wait out this grace period to figure out who you're going to play? You know, having the good fortune, Tate, of being a number one seed, You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't always like being the number one seed. It's because Tate, there's nothing that replaces game action. Yep. Okay. I would not be surprised, Tate, if these first round series go a little longer playing against the seventh and eighth seed because these other guys are in game shape. Yep. Practicing, getting rest is not good for playoff basketball. Okay. The Utah Jazz haven't played in quite some time. And the team that yep. they play will have played, what, two or three games this week already. Yep. They'll, exactly. be, they'll be in better condition. Their timing will be a little better. They will be better prepared. Their response time will be better. They will have an advantage. And, it, it, and a lot of times, Tate, it takes two or three games to get back to that level because mm-hmm. you can't recreate a game, a, a playoff game, in practice. And the best way that we did it, because when you would sweep a team in the playoffs, you get an extended amount of time. Yep. It's almost like a gift and a curse. Yeah, it's a gift and a curse. And any player who says otherwise, they're not not telling you the truth. But let's let's keep it real here. We got to keep this one real. The best thing you can do is have games or practice games as part of your practice, as part of your practice. Mm -hmm. Like practice is practice. But you got to play in the game. You got you to gotta get winded and somehow gain your second win during the game. Yeah, you got to get a lather going and, yeah, get, get you, things going. You yeah. got to – so I think the teams that are playing right now have an advantage. I yeah. That, the Lakers could I, be I the too. eighth seed and go mm-hmm. there and win the first two games in Utah because Utah just haven't played. Their bodies then, aren't, you know – Condition. And then you go home and it's a sweep and now you're the one seed. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, now on one hand, they get a chance to get healthy and all those things. That sounds great. But Tate, once the ball goes up, hey, the, the worst thing, Tate, the, the, the worst thing that I, one of the worst things that I experienced as a player is, it, you sweep a team and then you're sitting around for seven to 10 days. Take the first five minutes, the first five minutes of that first game that you played, it felt like a razor blade was going through your, through your lungs. Yeah. That's what it felt like Tate, because all of that practice and all of that stuff doesn't matter when that game until that game starts. Mm. And all I remember Tate is the first game or two when we would come back from an, a, an extended you know, layover like that was how do we just keep the game close until we all get our second and third win? 
Mm. So instead of having the eight to 12 minute stretch that you have, Phil would give us all four to five minute runs so that we could get our second win as fast as we could so that we can give the necessary effort and energy that was necessary to win the game. First, you got to meet the energy of the game. Yep. And if you, the worst place to be in Tate is, is to, is not to be in the proper condition to do what's necessary to win. That's the worst feeling Tate is to know, like I could have won the game, but I wasn't in condition to win the game. Mm. Okay. And that's, the problem of Phoenix and the Utah Jazz, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Philadelphia 76ers. That's, that's going to be a problem. And one of these teams, the Lakers or, or Golden State, because they could probably finish seven and eight, especially in the Western Conference. They know that. They know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're and, and I mean look and they're champions recent champions they, they, so they know how it goes yeah when you know when you know that you are just in better condition than the other than the other team Tate that's a huge advantage there's no way for them to be in that type of condition and so that I I think to look for that as you know we get past these play-in games that's a huge concern if I was coaching those teams. I think that should be a huge concern for those guys who are playing on those teams. And if I was playing in the play-in game, hmm. I would try to steal both those games because I, I just know there's no, there's no way for them. There's no way. Tate, you're off for 10 days and you haven't played a game in 10 days. Yeah. Come on. You haven't taken a, you haven't taken a shot in a game in 10 days. <laughs> And and now you're playing one of the hottest teams in basketball. Take I mean, that's the other part of it. And and they also happen to have LeBron James and or Steph Curry. That's what I'm saying. You know, you know. So <laughs> that's the tough part. I mean, how do you, how do you? And if you're Utah, you're a team that's trying to prove you know yourself. You don't feel like you're the one seed in that situation. I know you have home court, but it is not a scenario where you go in and say, "Hey, we're playing the defending champions." <laughs> right. I mean. That, that could be a tough matchup if that if that plays out for Utah. Again, the play-in tournament is this week. We'll be back later in the week on Friday to give you an update on all things NBA basketball, get you set for the playoffs. I am Tate Frazier. He's B.J. Armstrong. B.J., anything else before we get out of here? Winning water, my friend. We got to make waves. Let's do and it. we'll see you later in the week. <laughs>